Hello, hello, freshmen. Thank you so much for incorporating this into your notes. We are going to move into a decline in the Han Dynasty. Um, do, do you want to reemphasize that everything we've talked about the Han is very, very important because they are the establishment, the backbone of so thousands of years of Chinese history. So basically what we're going to move into is yes the han we talked in class about their great inventions and taking china to the golden age well there's going to be a series of really really bad emperors you know child emperors regents chaos peasant revolts just a lot of unrest um economic unbalance right that just really really impacts the chinese our reliance on a on unix um there's also the attempt that the Han attempted to expand into China. Uh, no, it uh, expand into Vietnam. And if you don't know where Vietnam is, it's if you look um, on the map, if you're following along, it's the long, skinny country um, south of China. Anyway, um, fun fact for your day: the Trung sisters, they're they're Vietnamese sisters, and they basically led the rebellion against the Chinese. And a lot of historians believe that if it wasn't for these two girls, um, uh, Vietnam would have been completely absorbed into Han China and would have a totally different history. So that's that's pretty cool. If you go to Vietnam, the capital, there is a um, statue of these of these sisters. So there you have it. That's exciting stuff. And then last but not least, serious land issues. And <clears throat> what 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 was happening is that. Um, when it, you know, it father died, his land was divided equally among his sons. Well, the problem is, is, you know, if, if you think about it, if let's say you have two brothers and your dad dies and his land is divided between the three of you, okay, then you have three sons, your brother has three sons, your other brother has three sons. You see the land is getting more and more and more and more scarce. Um, it's hard to produce enough food. So basically, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's not a good time. It, there's, there's a series of revolts and unrest and it's, it's just, it's, it's, it leads to an age of division, which is basically 50 BC to, um, 58, I'm sorry, 50 CE to 58 CE. And, um, basically, um, <clears throat> what this is going to lead to is, um, a non Han uh, ruler. His name is Wang Mang. He comes in and he basically takes the title of the emperor, right? So he's not a Han, and he comes in. If, you, if you're looking at his at his at his dates, he's not in power very very long. But basically, why he is important is a couple reasons. He marks the division between the East and the West Han, and um, after he dies, there's going to be a um, a shift in the capital, right? This is what we talked about. The Zhou dynasty did this. Um, he was a Confucius scholar. He lived very humbly. Um, you know, he promoted capable people. Um, but he also, um, he seized all privately owned land. Um, some, some historians like to consider possibly this is the first, first touch of communism in China. Of course, as you know, or you don't know, communism will not be a thing until the mid 1800s. Um, in 11 CE, there was a massive flood amongst the uh, Yellow River. And I mean, to the point that like the actual route of the river shifted, I mean, killed millions. Um, on top of that, the Shanu in the north took advantage of this. There were rebellions, nothing about mandate of heaven. What, you know, what are the, the Chinese going to associate him with? Um, 
And so it, it, he's important because technically, you know, some historians will say like, you know, he, he kind of saved the Han because like, you know, he came in, he, he, he made it stable. I mean, not very long at all, but still then when this flood came in to overthrow him and go back to the Han, that was kind of like the dude, get out of here. We're going to, we're going to take over this. Right. Um, and so what happens is we have um, a, a rebellion and it's called the Red Eyebrow Rebellion because this group of people, they were very, very poor, very poor. Um, and they actually painted their eyebrows red. And um, they um, had, you know, thousands of followers. Um, they didn't want to just defeat Wang Mang, but they, they wanted to murder him. And, and so they did. And so our next emperor um, is Emperor Gong Wu. And um, this is the establishment of the Eastern Han uh, dynasty. And essentially, you know, he is going to put down the Red Eyebrow Rebellion, um, but doing so in a way that is going to stabilize the empire. Um, He moves the capital eastward. He is emperor for 23 years. He centralizes the power for himself. And, um, he, he truly, truly tied the government to Confucius values in terms of really hired outstanding qualified officials. He reformed taxes. He stabilized the country. He was, he's remembered as a honest man, a fair man. Um, his punishments were fair. Um, everything he is doing is is referred to as the restoration of Gangwu in that he's, he's going back to the, you know, quote unquote, good old days of, of, uh, the Han dynasty. Um, he was a brilliant strategist, um, but he did prefer diplomacy um, over um, actual warfare. He doesn't have any sort of history of paranoia or, you know, killing out of, you know, revenge or anything like that. Um, unfortunately, um, obviously, there's there's hundreds of years of Han history that I'm skipping over, but for sake of time and wanting to truly cover our curriculum after Gangwu, you know, his son will, his son will rule. Um, this is the golden age of the Eastern Han. So we talked about the golden age of the Western Han. Now we're in the golden age of the Eastern Han, uh, you know, and this is going to continue with able administrators, uh, the welfare of Chinese people, poor and rich, um, no rebellions or, you know what I mean? Like no major rebellions. Um, you know, officials promoted based on qualification. Um, the final decline of the Han Dynasty was in 581 CE. And just so you know, that's right before the start of Islam. Um, and basically, there, you know, a lot of historians are really challenged by how did the Han Dynasty fall? I mean, two golden eras? Come on, right? And so basically, you know, there's a series of things that just kind of all led to its d- demise. Um, there's, pl- you know, a series of plagues and illnesses. There really aren't a lot of great rulers. There's several natural disasters. Um, again, too much reliance on eunuchs. And then one other thing too, there's a, there's another rebellion. It's called the yellow turban rebellion. And it's again, a peasant revolt. And, um, they, now they didn't, um, paint anything yellow, but they wore cloths <laughs> around their heads that were yellow. So that's the name. And they, they, they blame the emperor that they're going back to the mandate of heaven. They're blaming the emperor for the lack of food and lack of stability. Um, they're led by Zhang Zhu. And, um, basically just really emphasizing the loss of trust in the government. Now, one thing I really, really want to emphasize is he's Buddhist, right? That's huge. You know, we talked about this with the Silk Road and the movement of Buddhism along the Silk Road. That is extremely important. And as we move forward, I want you to, I want you to think about this question as the Han dynasty failed, 
why is Buddhism so successful in spreading? And I want you to, I want you to think about that. We're going to pick up with that on Friday. Um, what's going to happen is, is statues of Buddha will be, will be built like kind of like the Greek gods when we studied, you know, Greece. Um, anyway, um, that is where we'll pick up. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you for your time. Bye.